when we do not accept the temporal and transient nature of reality and we're trying to keep what's currently with us from going or we're trying to repel what we think might be coming that causes suffering and so there's always the advice like let that go so it can be done from uh ego or me you know trying to let go of things and it does help in diminishing and and weakening the idea of me but i would say ultimately it's kind of a surrender to the self the idea of me is somewhat strengthened by the idea of holding on or you know clinging and repelling and so yeah i mean it is very difficult for a me to let go because that's partially where it's getting its stability from but there is a a kind of a ceasing and relaxing and that isn't so egoic and just relaxing and surrendering into it you know the the ego might want to try to turn it into something it can do i'm going to actively let go of things but eventually the actively laying go has to be let go of it's the pushing away and trying not to embrace is what creates the conflict and you know that which is not resisted and denied is automatically accepted allowed and embraced this is nick hyam from nisagayoga.com in this episode i am joined by eric putkinen whose website is nondualitysimplified.com years ago i asked the spiritual teacher how do i let go and he replied just don't try to hold on even when you're trying to let go you're still holding on and it's futile alan watts said the disappearance of the effort to let go is precisely the disappearance of the separate thinker of the ego now there is nothing to try to do for whatever comes up moment by moment is accepted including not accepting notice that what you are prior to identity call it awareness or consciousness or nothing at all is both the boundless capacity for what is and the effortless release of what is and this is the natural letting go the letting go built into reality into you because you are reality you're not a contracted ego that has to try to manipulate reality you are reality itself and so there's the possibility of simply tuning into this fact which may seem like aligning with truth but really you are truth whether you seem to be caught in the tension of holding on or relaxed in the natural peace of what you are where your every manifestation is accepted allowed and embraced there is no separate individual that grasps or relinquishes because what we often think of as ourselves is a bundle of experiences characterized by desire clinging and fear aversion and that pseudo self can't let go of anything at least not itself it has no autonomy because it is an experience it's not an experiencer it's not a doer it's the experience of doing 
and you are the ultimate experiencer. But this isn't a state of powerlessness, you know, because you're not an individual who has to just give up, surrender. You are the all-powerful, supreme soul. Beyond time, space, causation, you defy description, yet you are the substratum behind creation, the uncreated, infinite, transcendent, yet all-embracing and permeating principle. So don't try to let go. See that you don't hold on. See that manifestations arise and dissolve naturally, like transient waves in the eternal ocean of self that you are. And as the ultimate reality, we might even create the experience of a relative entity, a doer that has to control or let go and utilize an abundance of strategies and practices. Yeah, letting go is, is there's all different modes and models of way to do it, doing it. A lot of spiritual teachers will say, well, let what comes come, let what goes go. Well, what comes will come and what goes will go. You can't do anything about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's already the case. You know, we're always trying to do things, but in letting go, what you're simply doing is, is if you're, it's like if you're holding a bag, it's not like you need to start throwing these bags away. That's a doing. You just simply got to keep, you just got to cease putting in the effort to hold on to it and it falls away on its own. And so that isn't so much ego focused. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's just a, it's a ceasing to do and not putting any more effort to hold and then trying to uh, align or accord with it is to deviate. And w when the futility of it is deeply seen, you kind of give up. We don't really need to assign a who to who's giving up. I mean, basically, there's a tension, and the tension relaxes. And we don't have to go, we'll go well, who relaxed the tension? Eh, it was the tension, and tension relaxed. <laughs> yeah, we always want to try to assign a, a, a pronoun or a noun to it, mainly because that's we're just kind of caught in the illusion of conventions of speech, you know, because we'll, some people will say, well, if, if something's done, there's a doer. There's always that doer or feeler or thinker and all you're all you're really simply saying is every verb's got to be preceded by a noun but there are no nouns in reality and so you know at some point you just you also kind of let go of the idea of who there doesn't have to be a who there can be a doing there can be a choosing there doesn't need to be a doer or a chooser there doesn't need to be an identifier an identifier or someone to claim it it can just be but the conventions of speech are funny because uh it's it's like when you when you the classic phrase it is raining who is the it that is raining you can spend forever looking for the who that is when you're saying it is raining well, okay what's the it let's look for it there is no it and that is the very illusion yeah it's like you're constantly looking for the it or the doer or whatever and it's never found because it doesn't really exist it's a figment of imagination you know surrender this letting go this relaxing can happen um, but it doesn't particularly need a doer, someone to relax. I mean, it can be done that way. And like I said, there's a certain amount of benefit to it um, and weakening or, or shaking up the idea of me. But eventually, even that's got to be let go of because the, the, the me can never shatter the illusion of me. So no matter what the me does, it can never get to that zero point. It's like a curve that 
flattens out above zero and goes on for infinity. It never reaches zero <laughs> because the very me that is doing something is reinforcing the idea of a me in the first place. And that me doesn't exist. We have this idea of me. You know, there might be an internal body contraction or tension, and we think that's me. We take certain feelings and thoughts and say that's me. There can be the experience of a me, but that experience is equal to any other experience, any of the objects within experience. And those objects are not separate forms, nor is the me a separate subject. They are experiences, for lack of a better word. But those experiences are both equal, but also made of this infinite capacity of experiencing, which is self, you know, not, not the individual ego self, but the one supreme, absolute knower of all. And that is what you are, and as such, always manifesting experiences, including the experience of me. It's not a problem if you see it in context on a level playing field with every other experience. You're not limited to it. You're not bound by it. You're not defined by it. It's made of you. And when we delve into this idea of me and consider what it consists of, it's a kind of collection of these finer <laughs> experiences, a somatic sensation, what we call memories, images, thoughts, and anything else that we call experience. It's kind of all grouped together to form this sense of me, this center that I believe I am. And there's nothing substantial there. So there is this possibility of the idea of me relaxing, softening, unfolding. It's not a permanent experience arises and dissolves anyway without any added effort to make it go away or even to relax it or to do some kind of special spiritual magic on it yeah the idea of having a thought of a me or having a feeling none of that's problematic the stuff that we associate with a feeling of me none of that's problematic and it's okay to experience that we forget that it's the one that's always been aware of everything that's really, you know, the awareness-ing is, is really, if anything, that's what you are, even though it's not really personal, it's not really a center. But seeing through that illusionary me doesn't particularly dispel the me, though. It's just you're, never, you're not really fooled by it anymore. So, yeah, I mean, the trick is to really know viscerally that you aren't that. And it's an accumulation, it's an amalgamation gathered throughout life. Because, I mean, psychologists will say newborns have no sense of me and all they have is an oceanic feeling. There's no real sense of separation yet. And we acquire the separation and the idea of me and doership and volition and control and all this is acquired. And a rather natural, very understandable incorrect conclusion that, well, then I would be only what I control, only what I'm aware of. It's a very natural conclusion that you could draw based on experience, but there's more to it than that. And that's where you get into another version of letting go is, is almost um, an advice. They sometimes call it netty netty, but you're actually looking at whatever you think and feel yourself to be 
and just looking at it intently until you see the see through it, so to speak. You got you get you know the exception to the rule, or you know there's a visceral feeling of oh I'm not that because of you know whatever. And so this all the stuff we acquire and we hold rather dearly, you know there can be a process of letting all that go, and that's a classic spiritual practice in a lot of different traditions. It is more difficult to see through the illusion of me when there is a deep belief in it, unquestionably, and uninvestigated. And so, you know, if there was any glimpse of seeing what you might be otherwise, it might be discounted. And that gets into another aspect of letting go as a lot of the uh, content and and knowledge, because um, all this past experience that we hold on to gets in a way from seeing what is now as it is. And that's where you get into other practices of letting this stuff go, like uh, in Zen mind, beginner's mind, where you're trying to adopt a beginner's mind and you're just letting all this past stuff go so you can see things fresh, anew, and see what, what, you know, what new things can you see? Because, uh, Coming from the standpoint of, of, I know what it is, usually means you're not really looking at it anymore. But if you come from the standpoint of, I don't know, well, then you're open to seeing new things. <laughs> but yeah, letting go, it all comes down to mostly letting go of this accumulated mass of <laughs> belief and concept and everything else we've acquired through life. But upon investigation, there is no one or no thing that is holding on to that accumulated bundle. It's not arriving at a new concept of self, of what I am, of what this is, and then holding on to that, because that would just be more of the same. There's what has been called this mystery, but then it's not a mystery because it's all that I know, because it's all that I am. Yeah, the, the, the self, consciousness, ultimate reality, whatever, pick your label never becomes an object of knowledge then you can grab onto and go i've now got it so the the self never sees itself just as the eye never sees itself i mean how does the eye know itself well, it can't see itself the eye will never see itself and as long as you're looking for an object to grab onto you there is there's no way to find um but there's still a way of of knowing the eye i mean the fact of the eye sees. The act of seeing is to know the eye. The eye knows itself because it sees. And the self knows itself because it is being, existing. There's no object that you can't really identify with existence. And, there's, and that's, the, that's the illusion of language. There's a lot of things that we talk about as if it exists, but it doesn't. The ego doesn't really exist. It's just a thought. The mind doesn't really exist. It's just a stream of thought. And thought is conception. It is conceiving. And conceiving is awareness. How can it be anything else other than awareness? Or whatever awareness is, you know, that's just another word that can be seen as a, a word, but as a pointer to the unnameable knowing. And it's the same as the seeing. It's n nothing to do with the I or the seer, the one that sees. It's only this alive 
process of seeing, which is also the same as conceiving, which is the same as hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling. These are just words, arbitrary words we apply to the same suchness. <laughs> yeah. And no map, no concept will ever encapsulate what you really are. And so at some point, you, you through the fertility of it, you give that up, you let it go, and you cease trying to create a map of what you are. And instead of knowing what you are, you just am what you are. <laughs> You're just being as opposed to knowing. Yes. Or becoming knowledge. Actually, being and not and knowing is similar is kind of the same thing. I would just say it never it never becomes knowledge, which is something of the past. There's a knowing, but it never never knowledge. <laughs> yeah, not knowledge as in information, as in facts about life, about yourself. But yeah, being is equal to true knowledge, which is yana. It's self-knowledge. So, yeah, we're only left with what we are. I am being, which is knowledge, true knowledge, knowledge of self. We realize we were always that. I am becomes a kind of container, which can contain any concept, but no concept is it. And that's really the point. So you, you always were that beingness. And because you can't lose it, you can't attain it. Ultimately, there's no cultivation. There's no arriving at a new state, a new self. You can only be it. You know, that beingness, that visceral knowing, yana, it's already known because you, you know that you exist. Before we even go into what you exist as, you know you exist. And that knowing is not conceptual. It can turn into something conceptual. But the knowingness itself is just a fundamental knowing of knowing yeah it's not like you are realizing something that didn't hadn't hadn't existed prior which is why it's also not that special or spectacular of a of a, of a you know a enlightenment awakening self-realization pick your label it's not this great experience or, or you know massive you know revelation that shakes you your soul kind of thing i i had i had somebody once ask me they go what you know what is the experience of enlightenment like and i said for once i i i, I kind of get intuitively sometimes the answer just kind of comes and the answer i threw out that time was a light embarrassment of finding the keys in your own pocket you spend all this time looking for them, but they've been on you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the the realization or are not, are not quite realized yet. I mean, really, that's all enlightenment really is. Is it's kind of like you've been holding this bag or baggage for a long period of time, and it's ca it causes suffering and discomfort, and and when you finally let 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 it go and it falls away, or you cease trying to hold on to it, so it falls away on its own accord. That, yeah, there's a sense of relief because you're no longer carrying this <laughs> this weight anymore. Um, but um, that's a temporary, I, I find, experience with it because it's like you know soon the soon enough the the 
the the mind because you know, really the, the the brain only keeps track of changing phenomena and so that sense of relief kind of falls away uh, as well um but the there is a a deeper contentment i find that's always there there's a difference between how the body mind experiences it and the ultimate in terms of of everything kind of like when they say um you know the self is is satchitananda and 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 indian philosophy well then people really get caught up on the the being consciousness and bliss and they're like well if everything's bliss then why is all this you know the thing is is they're not describing brahman or self or ultimate reality by saying it's all bliss you're not ascribing that ter- that quality to that it just tends to be experienced that way by when it's realized you are that <laughs> and and it, it, you know there tends to be a, a causeless happiness that arises and there's a contentment and there's peace but yeah the qualities aren't aren't of brahman but of the experience of brahman i guess is a is a way to put it is a way to put it we could say brahman knowing brahman as opposed to brahman knowing or experiencing ignorance maya the illusion the, the magic show it's like ignorance is released naturally and then what is not ignorance is unveiled but you've never not known yourself as that because that's all there is there is nothing really concealing what you are because there's only what you are in a way everything reveals what you are because there are no things there's only what you are so those so-called things are only that too so there's the revelation of self happening always if anything it's to notice the existing embrace of what is that embrace is not the same as holding on not the same as grasping and the natural release is not the same as trying to let go the natural embrace is like a an unconditional yes to every artificial no <laughs> the individual the ego is the no and because it's an artificial no it's an artificial ego there was only the unconditional yes that embraces every expression of itself every manifestation of itself and those manifestations are not absolute they're not anything separate from itself they're just different ways of knowing itself, different flavors, different flavors of itself, just exploring every possibility because it's infinity. So there's no problem because there's no actual limitation or separation. There's only the exploration of that. Yeah, it's it, but it's a natural, it's a natural yes. It's it's the no is where the egoic illusionary me gets formed. Not formed, but it, it gets strengthened by constantly saying no to everything. It's the pushing away and trying not to embrace is what creates the conflict. And, it, and it's the ceasing that and letting go of the resistance. And you know that which is not resisted and denied is automatically accepted, allowed, and embraced. <laughs> mm, absolutely. It is a ceasing of the resistance, and so that's where if you catch your, if you catch some kind of resistance to something, 
you can think about it as letting go or surrender, but you can also think about it as embrace. It's like, I'm going to cease this and instead I'm going to embrace it. So that's just another way of looking at letting go or surrender. And that, that kind of gets into attachment too, because I've, I've sometimes said attachment is the delusion that we could hold on. So as long as, as soon as you see through that delusion of, of that we could hold on, and so you cease trying to hold on, well, then, then you're not attached because you're not trying to hold on and you know you can't hold on even if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a, a ceasing the, the uh, or letting go of the activities that we're doing and allowing um, the, the natural state to arise. Because, I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if you cease resisting, you automatically would have to be accepted. If you cease trying to hold on, it would automatically go on its own when it goes. And so it's always ceasing the egoic activity, as I think is the important point. Instead of trying to do another egoic activity to counter your egoic activity. <laughs> I usually, you know, if somebody's saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm holding on to this and I'm trying to detach, but I can't do it. Well, that's because you're holding on and now you're trying to do something to counter that. And so you're, it's creating this conflict. It's two doings going in opposite directions. And so I'm like, you're just compounding your doing. Go the other way. Notice the first doing and cease doing that. And then you won't have to worry about accepting or allowing or detaching. It's just cease doing that and it'll take care of itself. <laughs>